This is Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that gives you the word on all the cool, nerdy happenings at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond. From books and concerts to search engines and story times, the library nerds are in and ready to show you that being a nerd can be cool. Get ready, get set, get nerdy. Welcome back to Library Nerds with Words, the podcast that is here to give you the word on all the cool things happening at Peter White Public Library and the library universe beyond from the people who really know it best, library nerds. I'm Marty Ackett, adult programming coordinator for Peter White. And joining me today in the guest nerd hot seat is Lilith Mararo from the Peter White Public Library Maintenance Department to talk about LGBTQ plus lit and issues for Pride Month. Welcome to the podcast, Lilith. Great to be here, Marty. Oh, and I'm really excited to have you here talking uh, today, Lilith. You know, aside from all the other things that the maintenance department does, all through the pandemic, you and your coworkers have been really instrumental in keeping Peter White Public Library safe for everyone. It has been a huge job And I don't think enough people recognize that work. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank the entire staff of the maintenance department for everything you all do to keep the library beautiful and safe. Now, before we get into the word you want to share with us today, Lilith, we have another piece of business to take care of. We have to find out what made you a library nerd, whether you've been a library nerd your whole life or if you had someone who really influenced you to become a library nerd. In short, Lilith, we need you to give us word on the nerd. Lilith, what made you a library nerd? Uh, So I've always loved being in libraries. Uh, They were often safe places for me uh, because they were quiet and I could lose myself in my latest hyperfixations and just read book after book about whales or space or castles, whatever it was. Um, I read a ton of nonfiction too, but with novels, I would check them out and have them read between classes or at family gatherings or Mm -hmm. under the covers on school nights. (laughs) Um, But nonfiction books, I'd just grab a pile, find a good spot at the library and plow through them. Mm, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, that's, that's the one great thing that I, I've always found about libraries. I, I was sort of like you when I was, when I was a kid, you know, li- the library was like my, my playground, you know, that, that's, where, that's where I went. You know, other kids were going out and whatever, you know, doing whatever they were doing at playgrounds. I was in the library, like, like you said, like a, just following your obsessions, you know. Um, and, and librarians just don't look at you weird if you walk up and, you know, say, oh, I want a book on, I want whatever you have on the giant squid or, you know, you know, the Amityville horror. I did that once too, where I looked <laughs> at everything on the Amityville horror, you know, that kind of thing. But, you, you know, the librarians just, just are there to help you and give you what you want so that you can go in a corner and sit and learn everything you want to about whatever subject you want to. Right. And, um, yeah, that that's that's uh, that's one of the great gifts about um, libraries. And well, it sounds like you and I, you know, are very similar when it comes to that because um, 
I, I bet you that it, I bet you that if uh, I was a little bit young, well, a lot younger, you're much younger than me. So uh, we would, we probably would have been friends. We'd have met in the library and I would have asked you what you're reading about this time. And I'll tell you what I was reading about that time. So um, yeah, it's um, uh, that, you know, that that's, what's great about libraries. And I, I think that's what eventually what led me into, you know, applying for a job at the library, probably for you too. You know, you always felt really comfortable and, um, you, you know, it's a place that everyone's accepted and for what, whatever they, you know, whatever interests they have. Right. So that, that's sure. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah. Okay. I have to ask you, what were some of your obsessions? I want to, I want to find out. Oh boy. <laughs> there was probably um, a lot, but just give me, give me a little list. Yeah, so I went through uh, a lot of phases with what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So mm -hmm. it was mostly related to that. Mm -hmm. I had a long marine biology phase. Oh, right. um, and to this day, I can look at like any whale and tell you what species it is. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> there was, you know, paleontology, dinosaurs, like mm -hmm. most kids at some point, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I classical history, Roman and Greek stuff, wow. and medieval history, mm -hmm. uh, space, science fiction, like, I was all over the place, still yeah. am, kind of. And that is the word on the nerd from Lilith Moraro, one of the coolest nerds you will ever meet inside or outside the library. Now that we know your story, Lilith, it's time for you to talk about what's on your mind this last week of Pride Month. So why don't you give us the word? Lilith, what's the word you'd like to share with us today? Well, uh, like you said, it's Pride Month. So first, I want to thank you again for inviting me on and making this happen before the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and not that I don't think about these topics every day of the year, but my brain's been taken over even more than usual about issues of identity, community, and queer media and how that all intersects. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing in particular I wanna talk about briefly is literature and representation in relation to what's sometimes called corporate pride. Um, and this is something we see at least in recent years uh, where big companies will put rainbow flags in their logos and make statements and do other symbolic things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, many of these publishers and other companies with the power to promote media representation of queer folks continue to not hire or publish or take suggestions from queer creators because mm -hmm. while they might feel comfortable offering symbolic allyship, they still see us and our stories as taking a risk on the market and they don't want to alienate uh, too many of their cisgender or straight consumers. Yeah. So as a result, uh, our community has always relied on smaller independent publishers and platforms to get our work out there. And often we do it by ourselves or with small teams of people. So. I want to remind folks who are looking for good queer media by queer people to support these smaller creators and publishers. And I've seen a lot of support for that uh, this year on social media and so on. So um, I just want to uh, reiterate that. Mm -hmm. that, that, that. Yeah, that is so important. I mean, you know, I mean, there's huge, huge publishers out there, but I mean, there's also very small independent publishers 
who are, are, are publishing, you know, some of the most exciting stuff out there. And, and uh, a lot of it is by LGBTQ writers. Um, but I, I, you know, a little bird told me it was Sam, my boss, you know, Sam, that um, you are also a writer, a published writer. And um, I, I'm wondering if you want, could tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience as, uh, as a LGBTQ writer. Yeah, so I wasn't planning on bringing this up because uh, I wasn't sure if it would be a faux pas. Um, no faux pas here. We, we're, it's all about books. So go yeah. ahead. Now, I, you're, I think you're my first like uh, published author that I've had on the podcast. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, a couple years ago, I published um, my first book. I, it, it's planned on being a series. I'm working on the second one. Uh, but the first one is called Sun and Shadow. And um, I read a lot of fantasy novels when I was growing up, but uh, one thing that I almost never saw in them was gay people, bi people, trans people, and so on. Um, like all the characters were explicitly or implicitly straight and there was just never any exploration of that. Uh, I mean, sometimes you would get like the princess dressing up as a knight, but that would be the most uh, uh, unconventional gender expression you might see in those yeah. books. Uh, so one, that was one of my motivations with writing it was I, I want to be part of um, maybe a relatively recent movement or it's gaining more prominence now of, uh, of queer writers writing in the genres that they love, mm -hmm. but telling their stories within them. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's really important. Like you said, I mean, you, you read a lot of fantasy like that when you were a young kid and never recognized yourself. Yeah. In, in in that so I, and I think that's really important because that's one of the things that is so wonderful about literature is you being able to read a book about uh, about someone else's experiences and be able to recognize yourself in it and now hopefully this tide is changing where um you know young people um will will be able to pick up books and and you know and young people who are lgbtq um, and and be able to recognize themselves in the literature, because um, you know I think that is that that just really helps you when you're maybe struggling with your own identity and who you are to to be able to say okay there's other people out there you know who are, have the same questions as I do you know so I, I think that's really really significant and um, you know and and good for you you know recognizing that lack in a genre that you love and taking steps to sort of try to correct that. That's, that's really, really, really admirable. I, uh, um, wonderful. And your book is available here at the library, correct? It is, yeah. Awesome, okay, well, there you go. And there's a book that you can, you can pick up, everybody. Um, so that is the word on LGTBQ plus lit and issues from Lilith Moraro, who works in the maintenance department here at Peter White Public Library. But before we let you out of the guest nerd chair, Lilith, we need you to do one other thing. I know we've been talking about LGBTQ authors and books and, and issues already, but as part of the Library Nerd Code of Ethics, you are required to give us a book recommendation. If we don't do this, we'd both lose our Library Nerd certifications, Lilith. So what book 
or books would you recommend? Off the shelf. Lilith, what do you think our listeners should pick up and read? So I've got a couple titles today. Uh, when it comes to queer fiction, I've been reading a lot of young adult things lately. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a little bit like I'm making up for the stories I didn't have access to when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, but a lot of the books that have been coming out lately are still incredibly affecting and emotional, even as an adult reading them. Um, so for example, just last week, I finally got around to reading The Prince and the Dressmaker by mm -hmm. Jen Wang. It's a comic or graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, uh, about this teenage prince whose parents are desperate to get him married. And the prince secretly hires on this talented dressmaker and sneaks out at night in a feminine persona and builds this entire other identity. So it's this really interesting exploration of identity, roles that you're expected to play, um, and who you're expected to be. Uh, and there are a lot of books I wish I'd read when I was younger, but uh, this one really hit me hard as I, I think it would have clarified some things or at least got the wheels turning yeah. a little earlier in my life. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that that's like, like we said in our in our earlier segment. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what's really important. It's a, it's about, especially young people, you know, um, this, this sounds like a great, great graphic novel, I'm going to probably recommend it to my son, he's 12. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, being able to, you know, that's how I learned stuff when I was that age is mm -hmm. by reading books and trying to figure things out. And if you don't recognize yourself in a book, I mean, how can you, how can that help you not figure things out? So yeah, um, that, that sounds like a great, great book, um, great graphic novel. And I'm, and I'm sure that we have it here at Peter White. We do, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. And you had another book you wanted to talk about too? Yeah. So this one I haven't read it yet, but I wanted to bring it up as uh, sort of an example of uh, how we are gaining mainstream recognition mm -hmm. uh, to an extent now. Um, it's called Cemetery Boys uh, by Aidan Thomas. Um, it's uh, another young adult uh, piece. This one's a novel. It came out last year and Aidan Thomas is the first openly transgender author to make the New York Times bestseller list for fiction. There have been nonfiction memoirs and stuff that have made it on there, but this is the first trans author who's made it on there for their fiction work. Awesome. Well, it took a little bit of time, but it has yeah. been. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to uh, briefly quote the description on Aiden's website, uh, Cemetery Boys is about a trans boy determined to prove his gender to his traditional Latinx family uh, who summons a ghost who refuses to leave. And uh, the sort of... Um, gender connection here, I guess, uh, is that in this book, in this world, only a brujo, a male sorcerer, can set spirits free. So if this young man can uh, accomplish that, he believes it will prove to his traditional family that he is who he says he is. Oh, wow. Wow, that, that's awesome. And, and I love the elements of magical realism, because I, I mean, um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, one of my favorite authors, um, I remember reading um, another book that sounds, it's like a coming of age book called Bless Me Ultima, 
which was um, it has man magical real elements in it as well. But this sounds like a fantastic, fantastic book. Cemetery Boys. And what was the author's name again? Aiden Thomas. Aiden yeah. Thomas. All yeah, right. It's, it's high up on my list. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there you have it, fellow library nerds. Lilith's recommendations of books that you should pick up off the shelf. And that's it for this week, fellow library nerds, for this special Pride Month episode of Library Nerds with Words. I want to thank Lilith Moraro from Peter White Public Library's Maintenance Department for taking the time to speak with us this week in celebration of LD LGBTQ plus writers and literature and Pride Month. And for just being the coolest library nerd you will ever meet. And Lilith, I, I don't, I know quite a few library nerds, so I don't say that, uh, say that lightly. Come back next week when I will welcome back to the podcast our first repeat nerd, Amanda Pierce from the Teen Zone at Peter White Public Library. I'm sure she's got a lot of words to share now that all the summer programming has begun. And I'm so excited to talk with her again. Until next week, everyone, stay nerdy. Thank you for listening to Library Nerds with Words, Peter White Public Library's weekly podcast, giving you the word on what's cool at the library. The theme for the podcast is Happy Clappy by John Bartman, used courtesy of Pixabay. This episode was written and produced by Martin Ackett and sponsored by Peter White Public Library. Until next week, pick up a good book, listen to some good music, watch a good movie, attend a great event, and remember, library nerds are the coolest people around.